Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I'm Leighton Samuels, I'm Leighton Schlanger, and we had another week of football, which is, which continues to be a miracle, given the fact that COVID is not only making a resurgence around the country, but particularly throughout the NFL, especially on the two teams that played last night with the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. In, in okay, in the Niners' defense... And yes, this is in the Niners' defense. The Packers were not nearly as affected as the 49ers. The 49ers lost their only two skill position players of value as far as pass catchers go. And that was after they lost George Kittle and Debo Samuels to, Debo Samuel to injuries. Is that your brother? What? What? Debo Samuels? Is that, is that your long-lost brother, Debo Samuels? That's a terrible joke. Oh, you're the one that said Debo Samuels. Do you wish he was your brother? No, I have I have a wonderful brother who listens to this podcast, so I would rather have no brother but him, um, no matter what. <laughs> well, um, I hate to tell you, but you you have the you're you're adopted. <laughs> no, I'm not. Well, you have a different last name than the rest of your family. That doesn't mean I'm adopted. That means I'm an actor. Can we can we get back to talking football? No? Okay, fine. What, what, what were you saying about the, the 49ers and their offense? What I was saying before you so rudely interrupted me was um, they, are, they have been ravaged by injuries already and to lose uh, both... <laughs> now I want to say Debo's. To lose both Kendrick Bourne and Brandon Ayuk... Um, was a lot bigger of a hit than the Packers losing Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon, especially in a week where Aaron Jones came back. Yeah, but Aaron Jones wasn't Aaron Jones, per se. Well, he didn't need to be. Well, okay, we will, we will, we will recap the game in full after we do the drop um, and after we move on after this intro. But I just want to point out something that, that is still baffling to me, um, like, I just remember about a month and a half ago, uh, maybe maybe almost two months ago, we were freaking out by the first COVID cases in the NFL. And two, two, you know, two teams tested positive. All of a sudden, you know, games were being rescheduled and fantasy managers were freaking out. The, the fantasy football, like ESPN and Yahoo were trying to do everything to assuage um, fantasy owners to, to assuage is not the right word. I don't know what to to appease to a, a, appease, I guess. Um, to to ease the fears of fantasy owners. Exactly, that that is what it is. To ease their fears, to, to let them know, you know, we're going to adapt. We're going to be okay. We're going to make this work. And now you have offensive players on both sides of the ball testing positive just a few days before the game, and the NFL's like, ah, screw it, we're playing Thursday night. <laughs> it's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. Um, but, like, I mean, that's... It's just, it is a completely different reality right now, and COVID is officially, officially, for better or for worse, and I'm leaning towards for worse, but I don't need to get into that. It is, it is a part of our everyday life now it is not affecting us in in the ways that it was before mentally um and i you know 
we're not going to get existential. We're not going to get existential on this. This is a, this is a fantasy football. Um, this is a fantasy football fun podcast. It's called a podcast to say the word podcast. It's a fun fantasy football podcast with a lot of alliteration, and um, we are just we're grateful for more fantasy football to analyze. It was just it was an interesting thing to note. It was a thing that I noted in my brain that I felt like sharing. <laughs> So this is my this is my damn podcast. I'll say what I want. You that is how you lose listeners, my friends. We have a lot of football to go after. Uh, we have a Thursday night recap as we started and then stopped. Um, we have a bunch of running back duos that are giving us issues. Um, I feel like we talk about running back duos once every two weeks, but like. We have no choice. This is the analysis that they are giving us. And by they, of course, we mean the football that the teams are playing. I don't... Just finish it up. And then, of course, we have our flex plays in which I will kick Leighton's butt again. Which Leighton? Not my own. Why would I be saying I'd kick my own butt? I will kick Samuel's butt in flex plays once again this week. I promise you that. Hit that drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. Samuels versus Schlager. Oh, this is going to be brutal. All right, let us go ahead and get started with that Thursday night game between our dear friends, the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. As I said earlier, it was a weird one. I I actually said that earlier. I was the one talking about the San Francisco 49ers. No, you were talking about your brother. I, I, was, I was analyzing football, and I'm going to continue analyzing football, starting with the San Francisco 49ers. Ooh, um... Richie James got 13 targets, 9 receptions, 184 yards, and a touchdown. So that's, you know, 33.4 fantasy points, which is, guess what? That is one, that is 0.1 more fantasy points than Devontae Adams. That's right, calling it right now. Rest of season, Richie James better than Devontae Adams. See, you are you are clearly unfit to be analyzing fantasy football right now. No, no, no. I'm obviously this is a joke. Richie James came out of nowhere. He was their only weapon, and he was their weapon most similarly. Uh, I guess I guess matched up with kind of Brandon Ayuk's style, so they could maintain their game plan with a different player. Um, the thing, actually, th- th- you can't really analyze the San Francisco 49ers from this game if we're being completely honest. The best we can do is acknowledge, once again, how confusing their backfield is uh, between Jermichael Hasty and Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon all of a sudden took over with um, 15 total touches to Jermichael Hasty's 6 total touches. Um, and Jarek McKinnon did well with them. I mean, he got that garbage time touchdown, which was important to make his day. Uh, let's see here. That is right around, that is like 15.8 fantasy points that he had. So a little bit better than last week whenever, uh, whenever we had him as a, as a flex play. So, I mean, they're just, they're just weird. The, the thing I'm going to be looking for the most is what goes on with Jordan Reed moving forward. We know he has the potential to be George Kittle-esque. In the first game without George Kittle uh, in Week 2, 
he caught two touchdown passes, ended up with 24 fantasy points. So we know the ceiling is high for Jordan Reed, uh, but Ross Dwelly is more familiar with the offense, which is very important to Kyle Shanahan. It is a, it is a complex offense. And uh, they're going to be extra careful with Jordan Reed, knowing full well that, <laughs> that he's, he's, he's an injury-prone guy. And George Kittle isn't coming back uh, before the playoffs. So they need to make it to the playoffs. Jordan Reed is going to be a tool to do that. And they need to be careful with his reps. So from a fantasy football standpoint, that's that might be frustrating moving forward. I don't think Ross Dwelly is the guy. So it, I'm not saying you should go and pick up Ross Dwelly. But I am saying that Jordan Reed... He's one of those things where you might have had to start him this week, but you might want to wait to start him again until he proves that he is truly taking over. Do you want to start with the Green Bay Packers? Because I'm I'm already done with the 49ers. I do, in fact, starting with Aaron Rodgers, who just, I mean, he's freaking, he's Aaron Rodgers. Like, he continues to do Aaron Rodgers things. He gets you 28, over 28 fantasy points. The craziest thing, he had a 147.2 passer rating. Like, the San Francisco 49ers defense isn't bad. Well, well, but they are also ravaged by injuries in their defense. Like, in their defense, they're ravaged by injuries in their defense. (laughs) You're really, you are loopy today. You cannot stop making really bad jokes. Um, and the prime beneficiary of Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things is Devontae Adams, who scores 0.1 points less than Richie James, as Samuel said. But that is still, you know, only a 33.3 point day for Devontae Adams. Like, th- this is the crazy thing about Devontae Adams. He has had 30 or more points in every single game, except for the one that he got injured and his first day back from that injury in which they were being careful with him. Like, that is madness. Michael Thomas, last year when he was breaking NFL records and fantasy records, averaged 24.4 fantasy points per game. Devontae Adams will shatter that if he keeps going. And Lazard will be back. Alan Lazard will be back. But Adams is still Rodgers' most trusted receiver and maybe his only trusted receiver. I mean, we saw we saw how unhappy Aaron Rodgers was when Marquez Valdez-Scantling dropped that first down pass. And, like, he still went back to MVS. MVS, had, he did only have four targets, but he caught two of them, and both of them were touchdowns, one for 50-plus yards and one for one yard. So... You know, it's not like Aaron Rodgers is is just not going to pass to other people besides Devontae Adams. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, by the way, gets you 19.3 fantasy points. Not bad. But MVS is a deep threat only. And especially when Lazard comes back, which we expect him to come back next week. They have 10 days before their next game. So you, you expect that after that time, they will trust that he is healed up well enough to come back. And I honestly like Lazard as a wide receiver too. Well at least a flex play moving forward with how Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball. I just can't believe how often Devontae Adams gets open, and I cannot tell if it is he's just that good or or the teams are just like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, 
Like the funny that the the really funny thing is is even the announcers in this game during the Packers first drive they were so proud of the 49ers for stacking the box against Aaron Jones and making sure that the Packers had to throw the ball to beat them. That was their plan. Have Aaron Rodgers, arguably the most skilled quarterback in the NFL, and Devontae Adams, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, beat them because they stacked the box against Aaron Jones. Big, big freaking whoop. Aaron Jones gets it 12.9 fantasy points. He has a disappointing day, but he was coming back from injury and the game got out of hand. There was no reason to run him into the ground. Fine. Aaron Jones will be better. Don't worry about Aaron Jones. What I'm saying is defenses, I guess, just continue to underestimate the Packers passing offense and to underestimate Devontae Adams. I don't get it. I don't get it. Do you get it? No. No, but I am really enjoying you you taking most of this podcast. It gives me a nice break. I'm working too freaking hard. I don't like it. Are we bringing back frickin' from, from Tuesday? That was our Tuesday thing. Did you listen to Tuesday's podcast? There was an election going on. I do not blame any of y'all for missing Tuesday's podcast. I missed Tuesday's podcast. You didn't miss Tuesday's podcast. You were there. Anyway, that is what we have to talk about between the Packers and the Niners. Like, it's nothing It's nothing mind-blowing. It's nothing, like, life-breaking. It's just the Packers are great and the 49ers are injured. And that is... We could have done this whole thing in 10 seconds. Instead, you had to hear me ramble on for another eight minutes. So we are going to move on. Um, do you want to do the live read now or later? Let's, um, you know what, let's go ahead and do it now because we are getting to a little close to the halfway point. So we are going to hit that live read now. One sec. Do you often find yourself doom scrolling through Facebook? Do you tend to connect with Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh on a deep and fundamental level? Well, folks, it's about time you get your very own memer from Memer Helper. A memer is that one person who fills your newsfeed with only the dankest memes to bring brightness and joy to your day. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're clever, but they're always capturing the zeitgeist and beating it like a dead horse. Do you know this person from elementary school? Did you accidentally go see them in your friend's community theater play? Did they friend request you because you have like four mutual friends and you happen to be very attractive? No one knows! But here at Memer Helper, we will provide one for you. The best part is, if you use the promo code SVS, you can get 20% off your first fake friend. Memer Helper. Things aren't as bad as they meme. <laughs> Things aren't as bad as they meme. It was, it, it, that's a pun, right? Yes, yes it is, for things aren't as bad as they see. I don't know why I have to explain these jokes to you, considering you're the one who writes them. Don't tell our audience. Like, you're, you're totally tearing down the fourth wall here. I don't think we ever had a fourth wall to begin with. We have a lot more football to talk about, and not a whole lot of time to do it. So... I want to jump right in. Actually, I want you to jump right in because you're the one who's been talking about these two guys for a while. Help me figure out Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. I feel I feel like we talk about these two literally every single week. And I mean, it makes sense. We, we have a lot to talk about um, and uh, with these two, especially because Fournette's been in and out with injuries uh, when, when Fournette was first coming along, we were worried about Ronald Jones, then Fournette gets injured, Ronald Jones becomes a superstar, Fournette comes back from injury, Ronald Jones still has it, but now, now Fournette's coming back, 
he has now out-touched Ronald Jones in both of the past two games. Um, in most in the most recent game that we didn't get a chance to really go over, Fournette had 18 touches, including six targets in the passing game, which was good for third on the team. Uh, and Ronald Jones had 11 touches, including four targets. They're both clearly heavily involved, and this was a tight game. This was a game that they needed to work to win. Like, they didn't roll the Giants like we all expected. Uh, the Giants actually had a had a lead going into halftime. They were up by eight. And, um, and even in the fourth quarter, it was still a tight game. But early in the game, sometime in the first half, Ronald Jones fumbled, and it was, it was the Leonard Fournette show from there. And we don't even know if the fumble was the reason for it, because like I said, the week before, Leonard Fournette still outtouched Ronald Jones, and Ronald Jones didn't fumble. So I just have a feeling they brought in Leonard Fournette knowing that he was going to be a big part of their offense. Like, they wouldn't have brought in Leonard Fournette if they thought that Ronald Jones was going to be able to carry it the whole season. And I know we went over this, like, in the preseason when this all happened, but it's it's Fournette. It's going to be Fournette. And if you if you had to choose between one of them... I'd be choosing Fournette, and 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 even this week against the Saints in a, in a tough, tough. Uh, the, the Saints have one of the best run defenses in the, in the league right now. I think Fournette still carries value because of how much they love to get him involved in the passing game. And I know Antonio Brown's coming in. I know it's going to be really crowded group of pass catchers between Gronk, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans. Plus, you, we're we're talking about targets for Fournette, but. They're always going to be. Tom Brady will always be dumping it off to the running back at some point. So I'm I'm not worried about the running back numbers dipping because of Antonio Brown. And I think the running back numbers predominantly belong to Fournette. So if you had to choose, um, or if you are trying to get one now this season, or if Fournette is still somehow available on waivers, um, which I don't think he would be, but um, if he happens to be. Pick up Fournette. I value him more than Ronald Jones rest of season. And I wish I could disagree with you, but man, that's it's really the way that it looks right now. I'm going to move on to the Buffalo Bills because they have a, as true of a 50-50 split as you can find in this league between Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. And we were, that's the thing, we were so excited about Devin Singletary. When Zach Moss went down, Devin Singletary had two weeks in which he got, I think, over at least 12, I think he got over 13 fantasy points in both of those weeks. Work horseback. You love to see it. And then he started struggling a little bit. And then Zach Moss came back. And Devin Singletary continued to struggle. And Zach Moss is looking pretty good. He managed to get double-digit fantasy points two weeks ago against the Jets, who who we already talked about actually have a somewhat... Actually, I don't know if we talked about the Jets having a, a somewhat decent run defense. The Jets have, surprisingly, a top-10 run defense. And two weeks ago, Zach Moss averaged 6.7 yards per carry against them. Against New England, he scored you 20.1 fantasy points. But the thing is, Devin Singletary isn't going anywhere. Zach Moss had 14 touches, including one target. Devin Singletary had 15 touches with one target. Zach Moss just got the two touchdowns, and that's the thing. Like, Zach Moss isn't necessarily looking that much better than Devin Singletary, um, but Zach Moss is definitely getting the goal line work, and 
you know, that's what you're going to be chasing in these in these two-back committees that we have going on. It's going to be goal-line work will be the big deciding factor between the two. And I think they are each each other's handcuffs because as Devin Singletary proved earlier, um, these guys can have value if the other one gets injured. Um, speaking of value between two guys... I will, I will let you take this one just so you can rub it in my face. That's right. We are going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs running back, Clyde Edwards-Alaire Clyde Edwards running backs, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Le'Veon Bell. When I'm right, I'm right, baby. And, and it, when it rains, it pours. I've been right a lot the past couple of weeks um, against the Jets last week. They each had nine touches. They each had three targets. Le'Veon Bell had 6.8 points. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had 6.1 points. Like, brutal. Brutal. And this is what I was saying. They are a pass-heavy offense dealing with two running backs. And there's there's just... There, there are not going to be enough points to go around. Like, the Jets are a bad team. Why would Why would they not be able to run... Like, like I, I, I understand. Like the, the Jets have a have a top ten defense, um, surprisingly, and that that is a really interesting stat. Thanks for that, Schlanger. Um, but you're up. Like the the game ended like thirty five to six. Like how are you not running the ball more? Because they didn't need to. I, I really don't think this is gonna be the case. Like, like Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdown passes. Four of those were for 25 or more yards, which means these guys didn't get... I mean, we're talking about in these committees, like goal line looks being the important deciding factor. None of them really got goal line looks. There was only one opportunity inside the 10-yard line for either of them, and it was Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He got one touch, and it was actually a five-yard reception in which they passed to him. So, you know... You were the one talking about Le'Veon Bell uh, getting more goal line work and potential. Actually, no, that was you. That was you that was doing that. Okay. All right. I was the one who was saying that Le'Veon Bell would have more goal line work. Um, And I think he does from inside the five-yard line. But they definitely, it's going to be tough to predict these guys. But I do think it is a pure 50-50 split. But there will be more points to go around in the future. I believe in both of these guys, actually. While you believe in neither of them. I believe in both of them, and that is why I run this podcast, and you just tried to keep up. Um, that is, uh, <laughs> we're just going to keep talking about running back duos that we've talked about before, because again, we keep getting new information on these guys. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, without Mark Ingram. Now we don't have Mark Ingram, he's been out for a couple of weeks, but this was the first time that it felt like these guys had any value. Like, and, and the crazy thing is, J.K. Dobbins got 14.6 fantasy points. Gus Edwards got 14.7 fantasy points. And now Gus Edwards did get the touchdown. But, like, they also both had 16 touches. Like, what is... Like, this is maddening. Um, Like, how perfectly 50-50 split these past three have been. With Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, 14-15. CEH and Le'Veon Bell, 9-9. Now this is 16-16. Like, I feel like I have never seen this many pure 50-50 splits between running backs. But I think that's because it works. And this, unfortunately, might be the future of the NFL. Like, running backs work better whenever they're a little bit fresher. Um, And 
these these teams are, aren't trying to appease our fantasy teams. Like, they're trying to win football games. J.K. Dobbins does better after Gus Edwards has been pounding the ball for a little bit. Gus Edwards gets the goal line carry um, because he's, you know, he... I honestly don't know. I don't know why Gus Edwards got the goal line carry because J.K. Dobbins has gotten the goal line carries. These these are impossible to predict. We just know that it's like 50-50. But like everyone's going to pick up J.K. Dobbins right now on waivers. That you know they say he's back. They say he's got. But like Gus Edwards has actually been the one getting the most consistent touches. Mark Ingram will be back. Um, I don't. Not this week. I don't think. Um, maybe next week. When he comes back, they're back to the three-headed monster, and it's a whole mess. But, like, again, even with Mark Ingram there, Gus Edwards was getting the most touches. It's it's maddening, and it's insane. Just, I would not rush to pick up J.K. Dobbins. I don't think he's going to return on the value that you're looking... I mean, what value? You're picking him up off of waivers or, or in a free agent pool. But, like, if, don't spend fab on him. Um, don't... Like, try to trade for him. Yes, it's one good game. But remember, Gus Edwards, who no one is talking about, also had a good game. Sidebar, though, about the Baltimore offense. Uh, Because Lamar Jackson is struggling. Yes, that is true. He has had fewer than 14 fantasy points in four of his seven games. But he's also had over 24 fantasy points in the other three. Again, because of his legs. He, he carries that value. Now, the, I think the strangest part about Lamar Jackson is defenses don't matter. Two of the four games that he thoroughly struggled were against Houston and Cincinnati. Cincinnati has picked up and been playing better football. But like Houston's defense is prolifically bad. And he could not put up more than 14 fantasy points against Houston. So this is this is the kicker here. Um, it's not a kicker. He's a quarterback. Shut up. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. No, you didn't. I mean, yes, you literally did. But no, you didn't. Okay. Um, the kicker here is their, their playoffs. If, if your fantasy league playoffs are in weeks 15 and 16, then that's it. Lamar Jackson gets the Jags, and he gets the Giants in that order. And now the Giants have been better of late. We saw them, you know, create struggle against uh, against Tom Brady, and, and, and we saw them, you know, fight hard against the Eagles. But they've really only had three tough QB matchups so far this season. And that I've already mentioned two of them in Brady and Carson Wentz, and then Ben Roethlisberger. And they kept Brady and Roethlisberger under 20 points, but... Brady and Roethlisberger don't use their legs like Carson Wentz does. Carson Wentz got that rushing touchdown. Carson Wentz scored, I think, 29 fantasy points against uh, against the Giants a couple weeks back. So even though Lamar Jackson struggled against Houston, and we know that 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 defenses haven't really affected which games he's done well in, like that's as juicy of a playoff schedule as you can get. And if you can trade for Lamar Jackson. I would do it. Like, they, they, their fantasy owners might be kind of freaking out a little bit. So if you can get Lamar Jackson, if you feel like you're in a position where you are looking like you're going to make the playoffs, this could be a good move that could potentially win you your league. Um, so I'm going to try to do that. That I really hope my other league members don't listen to this part of the podcast. Um, so, so the only problem with that is, like, Baltimore is 20th in offensive DVOA. 
and 24th in passing offense DVOA. Like, what if this is just a Baltimore problem? Like, what if this is an actual problem with Baltimore? And then you're trading for Lamar Jackson, who's going to continue to struggle and be crappy. I mean, that's that's a risk you're taking. But I do, I just think Lamar Jackson is too talented to to keep down in those, in, in games like that, in the fantasy playoffs. Like, I do, you, you, you're going to be looking to win big in those. You're going to be facing the best teams in the league so you're going to need points and Lamar Jackson's ceiling is higher than arguably any other quarterback out there and just like that it is time for flex plays uh this is this is our favorite <laughs> this has become our favorite segment because it, it's uh it's a fun little competition to see who who chooses the best flex plays I will let I will let you go first all right well we've already talked to him a little bit uh so, my first guy is Le'Veon Bell. That's right. I know. We already mentioned them earlier in the podcast. I don't care that he's in a 50-50 split. I can't believe he is ranked out of the top 20 when they are about to face Carolina. Carolina is the 29th ranked fantasy defense against running backs. Like, we already said the Jets are a sneaky top 10 run defense in the league, so, so it doesn't surprise me that, Case, that Kansas City attacked them through the air last week. But Carolina will will be a different story. I think Andy Reid approaches each game intelligently. He knows he has two running backs that can lighten the load for the other. And I expect both Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Le'Veon Bell to to exceed 15 touches. Both of them. That is my that is my bold call of the week. That both Le'Veon Bell and Clyde Edwards-Alaire get 15 touches apiece and. Le'Veon Bell is definitely worth a start in your flex. A bold call? I do not think that'll work out. Um, I have an even bolder call, though. And this one this one might really come to, to bite me in the butt uh, because it did last week. That's right. I'm back on board with LaMichael P. Ryan. And, like, Kansas City has an amazing defense. It was It was my bad calling that. Uh, thinking that they would be throwing the ball and throwing it to their running back. Um, but Kansas City has a good all-around def- uh, uh, defense. You know who doesn't have a good all-around defense? New England. New England has the 30th-ranked run defense in the league. And I like LaMichael Pirine better than Frank Gore uh, running for the Jets. And if you look at just last week, again, we didn't have time to go over this uh, this week, but the Bills beat New England by running the ball 38 times. It would not surprise me if Adam Gase did the same. Uh, is Yes, he is still the coach. I keep on having to, to remind myself whether or not he's been fired. And I, he definitely should have been fired by now. I don't know how he still has this job. Well, um, he is definitely fighting for his job. And I think he will try to win this game the same way that the Bills beat New England. And that is by running the ball especially since their quarterback play has been meh. So um, who do you have as your wide receiver? Well, I have Devontae Parker, and I know he's been injured recently and he's been kind of struggling through that, but he seems to be healthy. He seems to be off the injury report at least, and he's, he's friggin' Devontae Parker. He is their entire offense as far as the passing game goes. They don't have Miles Gaskin. They're playing against... 
the Arizona Cardinals, which is an extremely high-powered offense, so they will need to pass the ball a ton. And sure, he's getting the Patrick Peterson treatment, but that's not a death knell like it has been in the past. Death knell. That's... Ooh, fancy over there. Yeah, I know. I'm getting my my Elizabethan English in here. Um, We saw Amari Cooper light up Patrick Peterson, and that was with Andy Dalton under center. I think Tua will be better in his second start. Um, it, it, your, your first start is always going to be a tough one as a rookie in the NFL. I mean, you saw it with Joe Burrow, who showed flashes but had some struggles. You saw it with Justin Herbert, who had a great first game but still made some big mistakes. I think the same thing with Tua. He will be better in the second start. He will, he will boost this offense. And Arizona's fantasy defense on paper looks better than it is because of the extreme outlier in week one when they, they held the 49ers uh, wide receivers to like 6.4 total points. Like, like that's going to throw off any average. So I am not as afraid of the Arizona defense as it seems that all of these rankers are who had Devontae Parker in the late 20s in their rankings i uh that is that is a solid pick um i'm kind of bummed that you hopped on him but i am actually even more confident in this next guy who is brandon cooks the jags have the worst defense in the league the jags also have the worst pass defense in the league and here's the thing the texans for how for how terrible their season is and you're like man it's usually this point in the season where teams like this or the Jets, um, like they just start tanking and to get that draft pick. Well, guess what? The Texans don't have their own draft pick. They don't have their own first round draft pick. They don't need to tank for any, like they want wins still because they want that morale boost. So I expect Deshaun Watson and company to take out their frustrations on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think Brandon Cooks is going to be a big part of that. He has had nine or more targets in each of the past three games. And he actually has led the team in targets over that span. So, yes, I know Will Fuller is is everyone's favorite in that offense. And, and Will Fuller has the best shot to be the highest scoring uh, wide receiver in that offense each and every week. But Brandon Cooks as a flex play, I think, is is the easiest play in the world for me. I love Brandon Cooks this week. Get him in your lineup. Um, another couple of guys. Uh, Chase Claypool, he is technically ranked 20 in Yahoo, but 25th in, in ESPN, and I just wanted to mention him. This is against Dallas. Like, Chase Claypool out-targeted all, all of the other uh, Pittsburgh pass catchers last week. Like, this seems to keep going back and forth between him and Deontay Johnson, but I think there's going to be enough room for both of them against Dallas's terrible defense. I got one more. Uh, Mike Williams. He is a high-ceiling, low-floor option, uh, but the, the Las Vegas defense is not as good as it showed last week against the Cleveland Browns. I think the Cleveland Browns just Browns it all up. Um, I expect the Chargers to score a ton, and Mike Williams' talent will float to the top. Uh a boom or bust flex play, but I'm thinking boom this week. And I I, <laughs> I hope those all go to Keenan Allen. Um, so I'm going to say you're wrong on that one. But one last guy before we wrap this up, Antonio Brown. That's right. 
maybe maybe a flex play. Uh, it's a risky flex play. It is a very risky flex play. But last year, Antonio Brown played one game with the Patriots. One game. He caught four of eight targets. Eight targets. Eight targets. And he caught four of them, including a touchdown. Brady trusts him. He's living with Tom Brady. So Brady may look to him early and often, and I have a feeling Marshawn Lattimore is shadowing Mike Evans in this one, which will open things up for Antonio Brown, especially if Chris Godwin can't go. So like, yeah, Antonio Brown in your flex spot, maybe. I don't know. If you're feeling lucky, go for it. Uh, That is all the time we have. If you're feeling lucky, go for it. That is my advice to all of you for the rest of your lives. Um, We are going to wrap this up. Uh, As always, uh, find us on the We Know Fantasy platform, www.weknowfantasy.com, at We Know Fantasy on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Find them. They are brilliant. Uh, Ask them questions. Do the things and the stuff. Uh, You can find us on Twitter, at LT Schlamuels. You can find us on Instagram, at Leighton Samuels Official. Why is it you on Instagram? Shut up. We're wrapping this up. Uh, I've been telling you to shut up a lot. I'm sorry. I It's fine, bro. Um, you can also find us on all of our regular platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, etc. Thank you so much. We will see you on Tuesday after I kick your butt in flex plays. <laughs> Thank you, everybody.